0: This is Alicia Bales. I'm live in the studio and it is Friday afternoon at three o'clock. We have a tradition these days, our pandemic days, of bringing you the county's coronavirus briefing. It's a bi-monthly, I guess, bi-weekly, every other week briefing that the county brings us with Dr. Andy Coren, our county public health officer and members of the local media. So I'm going to broadcast that now. I will let you know that it, it did happen an hour ago. It started from two to three, streaming live at the county's Facebook page and at their uh, YouTube page as well. So you can watch this briefing there, but we are going to bring you the audio of this briefing. As long as there is a pandemic, we will bring you the latest from the county. Stay tuned.
1: Hello, my name is Trevor Mokel, and welcome to the Mendocino County COVID-19 update. Today, we are pleased to be joined by Mendocino County Health Officer, Dr. Andy Corn, We'll give an update on the COVID-19 status of our county. After that, we'll open up to take a few questions from the media concerning the COVID-19 incident limited to two questions from each media outlet in order to preserve the time of our staff. If time allows, we will also take questions from the public. If you are a member of the public, please leave your question in the comment of the video below, and we'll do our best to address it. Now, beginning with the health update, Dr. Andy Korn, you have our attention.
2: Hello everybody. So this is uh, starting off again with the data as of uh, May 27th. Worldwide, the pandemic seems to be decreasing in cases and deaths but with hotspots in India, Brazil, and Mexico. United States, the cases and deaths are also decreasing, but hotspots include the Midwest, Florida, and Arizona. In California, the daily cases and test positivity, hospitalizations, and deaths are at their lowest for a year. But Humboldt and Shasta seem to be recovering from a surge and Marin and Mendocino County are increasing. In Mendocino County, we are in a surge with a daily average case rate of over 8 per 100,000 per day. These are concentrated in Ukiah, Redwood Valley, and Willits. We continue to be assigned the yellow tier based on data from the weeks ending May 9th and May 15th, but our numbers are continually rising. The testing rate has fallen to 185 tests per day uh, compared to the state average of approximately 290. And this is among the lowest in the state, and it also limits our ability to contain outbreaks early. The test positivity of those who are performing has climbed to four to six percent. The total cases at this time are 4,194 of whom Latino community has suffered 2,041. Currently in the hospital, there are three in medical surgical uh, units and two in the ICU. The deaths now uh, are 49 and that represents no recent change. These are clear characteristics of a surge in Mendocino that could earn us being set back to the orange tier on June 9th. Other considerations that the state takes in deciding Their assignment uh, include the continuing rise in numbers of cases and test positivity. Also, an increase in burden of disease measured in hospitalizations and intensive care units and uh, admissions. And clearly, these are increasing from zero to one a few weeks ago to three to four um, at this point. uh, I'm sorry. They're increasing from zero to one three to four weeks ago. And now we are having five to six people in the hospital on any one day. Most importantly, after these numbers of cases and hospitalizations increase, we tend to see more deaths in the near future. So if the state changes us to the orange tier, this would affect indoor bars, saunas, hot tubs, and capacities that were allowed. However, the most most concern that we should have is around people being sick, and perhaps passing away. As far as outbreaks, there are no current outbreaks in Mendocino County, but I want to go through some notes about different cases that we're finding as we investigate <clears> them. <throat> Many um, people have been going to work with mild symptoms and exposing their co-workers and possibly the community before they're tested. We're watching these cases closely and in, and some businesses will be inspected for safety issues. Please remember, people with symptoms should be tested and should not work until they know the test is negative. And usually these test results come back within a day. We've had several cases related to school sports teams, but clearly not associated with the with the teams uh, as much as socializing after the game, and, and they are also continuing to do regular testing uh, for the athletes. Some classes actually had to be quarantined last week as a result of this. Some individuals uh, have also been tested positive and did not self-quarantine or isolate and passed it to household members, including elders or infants. So our cases are still predominantly household, community spread involving eating often in break rooms and socializing, which will only increase in the days of graduation and the holiday season. Uh, A new development is that some are refusing to talk with our uh, county contact investigators and, and contact tracer. And this blocks our efforts to contain and mitigate outbreaks and also to give assistance to those who may be contacts. Uh, as far as variants go, the state lab has notified us of over 150 tests from Mendocino County dating back to July 20th and showing 35 variants totally. These started out mostly of the California variant variety, though now we're seeing more UK and Brazil varieties, which are 50% more transmissible. Humboldt's outbreak is related to the U.K. variety. Uh, Shasta is related to a variant of the South African type. And Marin with the Indian variant. So we can assume that the variants are here in Mendocino County. The state is improving its whole genome sequence testing through a um, consortium called COVIDNet. Uh, which involves state and county labs, academic and private labs, and it improves the reporting time so the information becomes more actionable. For now, the variants are sensitive to the vaccines, so we can still defeat them with vaccinations, masks, and distancing, but uh, if not, then those variants can easily tear through our especially most vulnerable communities. Uh, we'll move on to vaccines. At this time, the supply is adequate. Eligibility now includes all those over 12 years old. Uh, Pfizer is the only vaccine currently authorized for those under 18 years old. We in the county are working with schools and with uh, smaller but more frequent events with our traveling teams. Families are also coming in with children and offered vaccinations. The state has just launched a program for $50 gift cards and raffles up to $1.5 billion for people who are getting vaccinated. Adolescents are best served by their primary pediatric and family medicine providers, and most of our county clinics are responding with making the Pfizer vaccines available during their appointments, as well as having special events all over the county. These uh, vaccines can also be given at the same time as other childhood vaccines to catch people up. We continue to outreach to ag workers, the disabled, the homebound, skilled nursing facilities, and long-term care facilities, and small businesses now, with pop-up clinics wherever and whenever we can. Verification has decreased to self-attestation at this time. Walk-ins are accepted at our county clinics and also at most of the community clinics. And we usually have a choice of vaccines available. I'll go through next week's events first for the county. On Tuesday uh, at 1040 Main Street in Potter Valley, 11 to 1 p.m., we'll have Pfizer offered and at the fairgrounds from 4 to 6 p.m. On Wednesday, June 2nd, uh, Round Valley High School in Covalo will host a pfizer clinic from 3 to 5 p.m and on thursday june 3rd the fairgrounds here in ukiah will also offer pfizer friday june 4th uh, our team will be up to river oak charter school at 55 excuse me five fifty-five leslie street on saturday june 5th we'll have a clinic at uh, alex thomas plaza in ukiah from 9 to 10 a.m and that will be pfizer and johnson and johnson For the community clinics, uh, we have a schedule, but also it's worthwhile to check with them. Uh, My information at this time is that Mendocino Coast Clinic will have a Friday clinic at the clinic with Pfizer and um, uh, Moderna. On Saturday at the Harvest Market, all three will be uh, available. And on Sunday, they will also have a uh, event at their clinic. Anderson Valley has been having appointments and they also have generally a Thursday clinic. Uh, Redwood Coast Medical Services will have a clinic on Saturday, June 15th, with second dose Moderna. And they are taking walk-ins at any time. Long Valley Clinic will have their events on Tuesday and Friday. Um, and they will have Moderna and Johnson & Johnson available. Bechtel Creek will be... Uh, hosting clinics on Thursday and Friday with Moderna. Round Valley Indian Health will have uh, vaccines available uh, when 10 can be scheduled for a small clinic. And on June 18th, they plan a drive-through clinic. Mendocino uh, County Health Clinics here in Ukiah will offer Moderna and Johnson & Johnson during their appointments and next week they will be starting with Pfizer. Consolidated Tribal Health uh, has Wednesday morning Moderna clinics uh, at their appointments. So there are more opportunities that come online every day. We're trying uh, for the county to have two to three uh, events every day. If you have questions, please call the county at 707-472-2633. You can also call North Coast Opportunities NCO at 707-467-3239 or you can still use MyTurn. It's MyTurn.ca.gov to do it online or call them at 833-422-4255 and these are all available in English and Spanish. We are continuing to increase health education to increase interest and also to combat hesitancy and misinformation as well as anti-vaccine disinformation. We use social media, radio, flyers, and soon billboards. We have new PSAs being finalized by our partners, Nuestra Alianza, which should be very, very effective. Vaccine distribution, uh, these are a new set of statistics I'm going to give you as of May 26th. We have administered 81,602 total doses. That has gone to 47,000 people representing 61.9% over 12 years old who have been at least partially vaccinated. That compares to California has 63.1% of that group. In our county, 50.8% are fully vaccinated. As far as ex- equity data goes, uh, quartile 1, the lowest resource, uh, has 56% at least partially vaccinated. Quartile 2, 60% uh, at least partially vaccinated. And quartile 3, 56%. Uh, our Hispanic community has had 47.4% vaccinated. And among the Caucasians in Mendocino County, 59% are at least partially vaccinated. Among the age groups, Uh, Those between 12 and 17 are 25.7% vaccinated. These are all uh, at least partially vaccinated. And understand that that group is uh, just coming online as being eligible. So it's understandable that they're at the lowest. Those who are 18 to 49 years old, we have 51.9%. And uh, that is considerably lower than we would expect in in a group that we want to reach out more to. Those between 50 and over 65 years old have been vaccinated, at least partially, uh, 74% of that population. Uh, Though the estimates of community immunity or herd immunity is pretty theoretical at this point, we have some estimates giving out 1,500 doses per week in our county, showing that we could reach 70% of all of our county, including infants, um, at least partially vaccinated by early August 2021. Uh, But people need to get their vaccines now and not wait to get us back to normal. So in summary, we are in a surge now just like last summer with case, case rates and test positivity increasing. We're facing graduations, Memorial Day, July 4th, and a summer of gatherings and traveling after people have spent 14 months with restrictions and want to believe the pandemic has ended it has not. Add to this confusion and mixed messaging, uh, misinformation and disinformation, uh, and many uh, changes in blueprints that are coming, uh, and also the increase of variants, and we have a perfect storm. We were among the first counties to enter the yellow tier, but we may be among the first to be set back. We desperately need people to get vaccinated soon. There is nothing to wait for Keep the masks on unless you're absolutely sure you and everybody around you is fully vaccinated. But if not vaccinated or you have symptoms, please don't travel, don't socialize, don't go to work, go get tested. And if you get called by the county case investigators, please cooperate, be honest and cooperate with them to protect yourself and your family and community and get the services to help you through a period of quarantine or isolation if you need it. So if you're vaccinated, enjoy the summer with other vaccinated people. And that is my closing words. If there's any questions, I'll be happy to be here and take. them. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Dr. Korn. Uh, First up, question from the media is going to be from Mendocino Action News.
3: Hello. Um, I know that, Dr. Corn, you touched briefly on the blueprint changing, but could you elaborate a little bit more what that will look like, especially if you're saying, you know, there's a possibility June 9th that we'll, we could return back to Orange Chair, but yet June 15th, it's this big California reopening. What is Mendocino County's plan?
2: Well, Mendocino is going to follow the state plan. And uh, you're referring, I think, to the June 15th expectation that will be beyond the blueprint, and that's for industry and business sect- sectors. Remember that schools, uh, day camps, daycare are separate guidance, and Cal OSHA also applies to employees. Otherwise, the latest information is that for mega events, those that are greater than 5,000 people inside, or greater than 10,000 people outside, um, there will be vaccine verification or a verification of negative tests that will be required. Confirmation would be encouraged at the time of purchase or entry, but it can be self-attestation with purchase on the day of the event or when purchasing through a third-party seller. Remember that unauthorized use of government agency seals, for example, on the vaccine cards, is a crime. There will be no capacity restrictions once this um, blueprint is withdrawn. Uh, The other thing that they've told us to expect is no physical distancing restrictions for attendees, customers, and guests. Masking will follow the current California Department of Public Health guidance for face coverings, and travelers will follow the uh, California Department of Public Health and CDC recommendations and advisories. So there'll be a lot less of these industrial um, guidances that will have to be followed. Does that answer your question?
3: Um, a little bit, thank you.
2: Okay.
3: I know we only get two questions, so. <laughs> um, my other question, um, considering all that you just said, The surge that we're in now summer what will school look like next year are you able to
2: well i can give you uh only a little bit of information um clearly if people are completely vaccinated we're going to have some much less restrictions in schools the california department of public health and uh the um Department of Social Services that that uh, regulates the schools um, are trying to coordinate and decide how to look at these things. So I don't have the final information on that because it hasn't been approved for the schools or uh, uh, daycare uh, at this point. But there will be some uh, at least recommendations for full vaccination and masking and, uh, and certainly uh, for testing if not fully vaccinated. Beyond that, I really can't tell you very much specifically. So
3: you're saying it could look similar to this year or a little bit different? No, we want to get
2: everyone back to school. There's no reason to have people uh, not at school. So we're going to do what we can. I think the state is going to do what it can to decrease any barriers to getting the children back to school. But they also want to make sure that it's safe for the staff and safe for the children and their families. And so there are some some nuances and they're using the science that they've learned from the gradual opening in the last year to determine what makes sense for next year. But I don't think it will be the same with as much distance learning uh, that we had last year.
1: Okay. Okay. Thank you. Next up is going to be KZYX.
4: Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Um, So it sounds pretty certain that we're going to head into the orange tier, and I'm wondering if that is a certainty and if it really is that relevant, um, whether we end up in the orange tier or not with the big changes coming up from the state in a couple of weeks.
2: Um, It's unclear to me whether they'll put put us into the orange tier. We have had um, uh, more restrictive tier metrics And the state has so far, uh, the way they've cut the data has not seen that. Uh, This coming week, I feel like I did last week that uh, they're gonna see that we're uh, at a, that our data is uh, getting worse. Um, But the state looks at other things besides case rate and test positivity. They look at hospitalizations, which is going up. They also look at the burden of disease uh, and they look at the hospitalizations from that point of view. And our hospitals are very stable. It's very different than it was in January, February, when we were all worried about how much room we'd have in an ICU if people got sick. And our vaccine rate is is doing very well. We're, we're you know consistently uh, doing well with that. So it's not clear to me what they'll want to do. They may have an aversion to sending any counties back. Uh, they want to see us all sort of graduate to not needing any of these colored tiers. So I can't tell you. If we do get turned back to orange tier, uh, it looks like the earliest would be, I think I said the ninth, uh, because we need two weeks recognized of worse metrics. Um, And what it would mean is that uh, capacity limits for various venues would be decreased. And then uh, the other things that would actually change would be um, uh, hot tubs, and uh sauna's um and steam rooms as well as uh bars that do not serve food would not be able to be open inside they would have to be outdoors
4: that would just be for a week until the whole blueprint changes on the 15th right
2: presumably so yes okay
4: and a quick question about the immunizations i'm wondering if you could provide some more details about the um, the percentages and the numbers of kids between 12 and 18 years of age who are being vaccinated and a little information about how that effort is being carried out.
5: Well, I
2: have the information and I and I mentioned that for the last week. It went, the numbers went up from about 15% vaccinated last week to 25.7. What I'm hearing from the vaccine teams is that it's being taken up very aggressively the kids really want to get vaccinated uh of course not all kids but you know there's a great demand on getting those vaccines so we're we're very hopeful as we make our way through the county and as the clinics are opening up and and uh, making pfizer uh, vaccines available that we'll get that number up higher sooner but i can't predict any more than that
4: okay thank you
1: mm-hmm. thank you next up we're going to have the press Democrat.
6: hi can you hear me okay
1: Yes. Yeah, yes
6: so uh dr cohen Corin it's it it sounds like uh like the population there is starting to let their guard down you described uh you know kids after sports hanging out uh people not cooperating with uh, contact tracers uh what is it uh, people not self-isolating after they uh um after they uh, learn that they're infected is 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 that what you're seeing? Is that what you do you believe that's what's leading to this the surge? It's sort of a general uh idea the, the general impression that this is over. Yeah, and I think people are done with it. After 14
2: months of all the restrictions, you know, I think they tend to forget that we're still in a in a pandemic. There is, and I did present this before, there is um the possibility that variants which are much more active and much more transmissible are particip- a you know, our, our cause. I don't have that information to be, able, to be able to say so, you know, with any scientific certainty. But that is why we're, you know, we're looking closely at what the state is sending us in terms of the whole genome sequencing data.
6: Do you really think that the state would set you back a week just before opening up the entire state? I mean, that, that's, that kind of a roller coaster seems like, I don't know, unlikely.
2: Uh, you know, I don't want to say it's it's not possible. Uh, I Part of me tends to agree with you. Uh, I think that state doesn't want that roller coaster effect and they don't want people to be going backwards. But the important thing for our community to understand is this is not a threat on a report card. This is going to wind up costing people their and some people their lives. And that can be long-term effects. So, you know, we want people to understand that. The, the Whether we get turned back to orange or not, it really is dependent on individuals uh, continuing to learn and practice the
6: new behaviors that we have learned in the last year. Real quickly, just one last thing. Um, how are we doing, or how are you doing there in the county with regard to uh, senior care facilities and infections there?
2: <laughs> we. We did have we did have an outbreak several weeks ago, um, and it's been completely contained. So we have no known outbreaks at this point in our senior care, uh, the nursing homes or the long-term care facilities at this point. Again, it's it's learning behaviors, and uh, and I'm hoping that that's what's taking over at this point. Plus, we've done a very good job of vaccinating the residents there. Thank you.
1: Thank you mendocino
5: voice hi everybody i've been having some internet difficulties so i just want to check that everybody can hear me yes thank you and and i apologize if i'm asking redundant questions i, I lost uh reception there for quite a quite a chunk in the middle um i wanted to i i, I always heart back on this issue but i'm curious uh, the genome sequencing lab plans uh, in terms of the county's efforts stand and whether you think that's going to be um looking into the, like the long term of what COVID is going to mean over the next year or two years is with us and the variants continue to proliferate what role is that genome sequencing uh capacity going to play in, in uh, your efforts
2: i think it's very important because um you know if if there are pockets of outbreaks and the and the um, variants uh, increase in numbers and also if their characteristic changes to where they're resistant to vaccines um, then we can be set back tremendously so as far as increasing the capacity in the county uh, as you probably remember for, for the last uh, probably two months i've been talking about trying to get something going for our county it has to go through labs that can do the whole genome sequencing. Uh, which is a, a very difficult and new procedure. And um, so the state has gone ahead, and they're really doing the uh, whole genome sequencing for all positives that they possibly can. So the state lab, when they have a positive, it gets sequenced. And they've reached back to, uh, well, we had results sent to us a few months ago as far back as July. But they're really trying to do all of the genome sequencing uh, uh, since January and we're getting more reports slowly when there are variants in our community. Unfortunately, so far, it, the, the reports come late. It's a very long test uh, to figure out what the genome is of any particular positive specimen and then also where, where that may be coming from. So if it takes two weeks, it's not really something that we can do, that we can uh, control within the individual person. But what, we're, what the state is trying to do is understand, well, where is it spreading? How does it how do these variants move? And they actually have a variance genetic tree of all the variants in the United States. And when we send in a, a, a test, they're able to match it to that tree and begin, they're beginning this process and begin to tell us, well, where did this come from? And how is it traveling? And we don't know what information that would be actionable is coming from that. I am working with... Uh, the person who's head of the uh, state program uh, to see if we can move ahead the effort. But uh, these are new programs that are being developed at places like uh, UC San Diego, UC um, uh, Santa Barbara, UC Santa Cruz, and uh, and they're using huge computers to, to look at this genetic material. So it will make a difference, uh, but the, the individual county, we would not have, the power to figure out um, anything useful from the information. What we do now is when we find out that there is a variant in our community, is we go through our uh, COVID ready um, data to see if that person might have been, you know, part of another outbreak and who else might be affected. And we try and and track that down and see if there's well enough control. That's the best that we can do at this
5: point. Just to clarify, uh, just to double-check this, the you, you mentioned at the SUPS meeting on Tuesday that the English variant, the, et cetera, et cetera. Have there been any additional variants since Tuesday?
2: Let's Not that I've game. been alerted about, no. So okay. all the ones that we've been alerted about are initially a lot of California variants, which are a little bit more uh, transmissible, and then it's changed over pretty much uh, the newer variants are from the U.K., we have had uh, two now reported in the county uh, of the Brazilian variants.
5: Okay. And then my, my second question is about vaccination. Um, I'm just curious if you could describe sort of what the, the growth curve and the number of vaccinate, vaccines we're getting. Governor Newsom rolled out various sort of lottery features, um, I think, today. He announced the new ones, or maybe that was yesterday. And um, and so they're definitely trying to incentivize, but like I know I know there's a lot of guests work in this, but you're you're seeing the, the vaccination rate slow down. What is that chunk of the county that you can't access? What is that chunk of the county that you think might be resistant to getting the vaccine and how much of a danger does that pose?
2: Well we have had our epidemiologists look at it and by age Uh, the group that has not taken up the vaccines as much are the 19 to 49-year-olds. And those are also the people, unfortunately, who are uh, getting the infections very often. Um, What we have seen is that uh, the uh, number of vaccines that uh, have been taken up by our senior citizens and people over 50 went up nice and rapidly. Let's see if I can stop look at it uh probably through march and starting in early april uh, that has tapered down considerably so we're resting at 74 percent and that's not uh uh, growing very much now the ones that i mentioned the 19 to 49 they are growing but at a very very slow rate and the ones that are really coming up quickly are the young people because it's just been uh just become available for them that try to answer I can't tell you much more than that
5: I don't think yeah no that that that, that's helpful thanks very much Dr. Gordon thank you
1: um I'm not seeing any questions from the public at this time so I'm going to go through another round of questions with the media uh first up Mendo Action
3: um for somebody that might not understand you know vaccines and numbers and data. You know, one minute, uh, Dr. Korn, you had said that we're doing really good in regards to vaccines, even better than California's numbers. Um, But yet we, along with some other um, counties, are in this surge and that number is rising. It it just seems like, you know, from a lay witness, you may see that if we're doing better in vaccines, our surge number would go down. Or we wouldn't be in a surge.
2: That's a good question. So, we have done. We did. We have done very well with vaccines. The rest of the state has been catching up to us, so we're we're right up with the rest of the state. But we're not we're not stellar at this point. We don't have concentrations of people that we can plop a clinic in the middle of and just grind through large numbers of patients. So um, so our vaccines uptake tapered down a little bit. But those people who are vulnerable to the infection are the ones who are not vaccinated. And so we can have quite a surge, and the people who are going to suffer are those who are not vaccinated. And if you look at all the numbers in our community, it's about 40% of of Mendocino are not even partially vaccinated. So that's where the surge is coming from. These are not huge numbers, but they are a relative rise that tells us there's a surge. And something like this can really uh, explode exponentially before you really know it. Uh, especially when people are are not cooperating with contact investigation, contact tracing, and we can't contain contain outbreaks, or if they're not testing and we don't know the numbers of people who are positive in our community. Does that answer your question?
3: I believe so a little bit. Yeah, thank you.
1: Okay, all righty. Thank you. Next up, KZYX.
4: Yeah, I wanted to ask about something that you mentioned at the board of supervisors presentation also and it sounds like there's kind of a, um, a social experiment going on at, at a cafe on the coast where patrons who are not wearing a mask are being penalized and patrons or vice versa that um there's sort of a conditioning experiment going on where patrons are being enticed to discard their masks. And if you go up to the counter and you're wearing a mask, then, then you don't get served properly. And I'm wondering what is going on with, with this business. And if there are other businesses that are, um, that are kind of flaunting the rules in that, um, that dynamic fashion.
2: Yeah. So, we haven't seen others that have flaunted it the way you're describing this. This particular small business is saying, you know, if you come without a mask, you get a discount. And if you come with a mask, you're actually going to be charged more. And this has been posted in front and, and at the ca- in the front of the store and at the cashier. So this is really enticing people to break the law. And uh, I wouldn't call it so much uh, a social experiment as breaking the law. And we have our um, our um, uh, code enforcement team has uh, been out there several times. They've been cited. their cases in the court. Uh, there's there's not that much more that we can do about it.
4: So why are they even allowed to continue operating?
2: Those are those are legal issues, and and we wait until the legal legal you know uh, process goes through.
1: Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Next up press Democrat. Press Democrat. All right. Not hearing anything
5: she's dropped off.
1: no voice. Hi, I'm going
5: to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up uh, on what Sarah was saying. Um, I mean, I, I do, I do think it's interesting that you have a business that's that's very directly flaunting, sorry, flaunting, flouting um, the um, the rules here, and uh, really nothing much is being done. I mean, th- is this exposing all of the restrictions that were put in place over the last year as kind of a paper tiger?
2: Um, I think that's a good question. I think you know we want to get more heavy-handed with the law when we think that that will make it a big difference um i i'm not seeing that we have a clear and present danger in terms of a health risk to the community uh but at this point it makes sense uh because they are breaking the laws uh for our uh, legal staff to address it and, and address it legally even though it's slow uh it's a it's a small example and it's a bad example but um that's the most i think that it, it it uh, warrants at this point in terms of, uh, in terms of addressing. It.
5: Mm. And then in, in another, in another question, um, I know, I know I tend to ask you a lot of sort of predictive questions and okay. over the last few months, especially as, um, as our capacities for handling the pandemic have been developed and those questions of what to do were, were fairly well answered and it, it, you can't actually see into the future, but uh, you know, uh, I think the, the thing you know, a lot of people feel like the pandemic is over, um, but a lot of people are still very worried that that we could see a variant emerge that that negates all of all of our efforts and all the vaccination. Um, what what is is there a chance for some kind of worst case scenario resurge? Is there a chance for something like that to happen? Um, is this something that we're going to need to get a booster for every year? And are those boosters uh, becoming available anytime soon?
2: Well, there's two questions. Let me answer the first. Yes, it's possible that a variant could have uh, complete resistance to our, uh, to our current vaccines and treatments. Um, so far, there are some of the variants showing um, uh, some resistance, but not at the level that could happen. Uh, so if we ran into a variant like that, that really defeated all of the immunity that we build up with our vaccinations, that would be another big setback. However, having having figured out the technology to generate these vaccines and to do that as quickly as the, as we can uh i think that the pharmaceutical companies will be able to address that right now they are working on boosters because we really don't know how long immunity will last from the current uh from the current vaccines remember influenza you need a vaccine every year. the the uh, The yearly vaccine uh, th- uh, does not last for more than a year. It's unfortunate. We'd like it to be something like tetanus or measles or something like that, but it doesn't last in the human system. So we'll have to see how long the immunity to COVID lasts with the current vaccines we have. If it starts, if that immunity starts to peter out, we'll need to have boosters. And if we need to have boosters, either because the vaccines to the current Uh, variants don't work, or because we want to boost the activity against the the known variants that have some resistance, we'll have those boosters, I'm hoping, in the future. But we don't know. You know, we could run into something different. Thank you.
1: All right. Looks like we have enough time for one more round of questions. If anyone would like to uh, ask a question, I'm going to go through the media one more time. Uh, Mendo Action News?
3: Yes, um, kind of follow up on that a little bit. I, I've been reading up on something that's saying that if you've gotten COVID in the vaccine, that your immunity might be better than just the vaccine alone. Is there truth to that? I mean, given if you survive COVID, obviously.
2: I have not read that the the vaccine um, the vaccine immunity is much more powerful than the than the native immunity. There are different immune. Um, um, responses that the body has and the body may respond to the germ a little differently with a more uh, robust in some ways uh, response so you know the vaccines are aimed at the specific proteins the spike proteins that cause the invasion of the virus into the cell Uh, but there may be other uh, proteins that when an actual germ is in the body the body can create some immunity to that Uh, so there may be some uh, differences in the vaccine in the vaccine immunity however at this point what we know is that the immune response from the vaccine is significantly greater and lasts longer than the immunity you get from the native infection so I'm not advising getting an infection uh, and I do think that at this point the vaccines are the best bet
3: okay thank you
1: All right, next up, KZyx.
4: I am fresh out of questions, but maybe Alicia has something.
1: Okay. Uh, Mendo Voice.
5: Yeah, Dr. Korn, we're always asking you these technical questions. Um, you came into this job after Dr. Doohan left, uh, right? If I recall, it was right before the worst of the surge. Nice. And so, you got to be in charge during uh, one of the more grim times in public health history. Um, and I'm just wondering if you have any reflections or, uh, um, you know, standing from your vantage point, if there was anything that struck you, anything that you'd like to talk about from a personal perspective.
2: Well, as you know, I, uh, I'm i a family practitioner. I, I don't have a degree in public health. And uh, so I am eternally grateful for the work that was done by the county uh, staff and by Dr. Dewan before I got here. I mean, if you remember back, Dr. Dewin saw this and she imposed a, uh, a stay-at-home order here in Mendocino County, even before the California Department of Public Health thought that it was necessary. And the California Department of Public Health has also adopted several of the interventions that she made available here in Mendocino County. And Mendocino County ramped up, uh, though, for decades the funding of public health not only in Mendocino County but all over the state and all over the country has been sapped. Uh, our county came forward and said this is something we all have to address and so we had staff from all over the county from uh, social services, public health and mental health uh, to you know all the other branches of government pitched in. They were answering phones and they were you know doing the contact investigation and tracing. Everybody pulled together. Uh, our clinics pulled together with the county. Uh, we began to become a really working, coordinated machine, and that's how we got through this. So from my vantage point, it was an incredible team and partnership that we developed through this. We never would have made it to here if it wasn't because of it. It was not my, my efforts alone, let me tell you that. There's a lot of the groundwork and a lot of the a uh, lot of the doings was was done before I got here, and uh, I'm very grateful for that. And I think we all should be.
1: Thank you very much. All right, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, that sums up today's COVID 19 update. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to give Dr. Korn an opportunity to give his concluding comments.
2: Well, I think you know, for all of us, we have to understand that we are not out of the woods right now. Uh, In fact, it looks like we may be getting into the weeds Um, and we need to continue the lessons that we've learned, the new behaviors, masking, real uncomfortable, really protects people. Uh, Social distancing protects people, Uh, but the vaccinations are really the way out of this pandemic. And so I encourage people who are vaccinated uh, to continue to be careful when they're around people who are not vaccinated. The the uh, uh, the economy and activities will be opening up, and uh, you know you'll be able to be more free during that time. But in the meantime, you know uh, if you're having symptoms, just like anybody else, be cautious because some people, even vaccinated, can can carry the uh, illness. But more important for the people who are not vaccinated, you are susceptible still uh, to a surge and a pandemic that could involve. Uh, grave illness to yourselves and your family and our community and i want you to take as much care as you can to wear those masks uh, to keep your social distancing wash your hands and get vaccinated as soon as you can they are safe they are incredibly effective and we can help the entire community by getting more vaccines and with that i'll i'll close
1: Thank you Dr. Corin. Our next update is scheduled for June 11th. Please continue to follow Mendocino County Public Health on Facebook and soon other social media platforms. For all COVID-19 updates, thank you for joining us. Thank you everyone from the media. Thank you. Have a good weekend.
0: All right and that's going to do it for Mendocino County's COVID-19 briefing for this week. I guess the headline there, it summarized it in a word, Mendocino is in a surge. We're averaging eight cases per day, and those cases are centered in Ukiah, Redwood Valley, and Willits. The numbers are rising, apparently, and we are among the lowest testing in the state our numbers have dropped to 185 tests per day so that means that there's something every one of us can do to help with the situation all of the new cases are in unvaccinated folks so this is definitely a preventable situation we can also think about uh, continuing to get tested in order to bring those numbers up also dr. Corin mentioned that um, we could return to the orange tier for those of you who follow the state tier system uh, and know what that means we could return to to the orange tier and more restrictive guidelines about uh, density of numbers of people and indoor dining and events and things like that uh, as soon as June 9th. So, something that every single one of us can can make an impact on is um, continuing to mask, socially distance, and uh, get vaccinated if you have not yet gotten your shots. This is Alicia Bales live in the KZYX studio, bringing you your Friday afternoon COVID update. Uh, I want to let you know, of course, that tonight at 7 o'clock is the Sports Phone with Jim and Jerry Young. They come here every Friday night to uh, provide you with a very lively community conversation about sports. You can get your sports fix on the Sports Phone tonight at 7 o'clock, taking your calls about all things sports Here on KZYXNZ. We also have a pretty sweet lineup of music tonight. Uh, Right after the sports phone, starting at 8 o'clock, it is uh, North Bay Beat with John and Catherine. And then at 10 o'clock, two hours of reggae with Michael and Stephanie on Good Vibes Only. And then starting at midnight, we have our our newest DJ, Monica, will be here with Swadade from 12 to 3. Check it out. She is fantastic and uh, just a terrific lineup of music. Happy to bring that to you. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Have a great Friday night. This is a Memorial Day weekend, so enjoy your vacation. And I'll be back with you with more coronavirus coverage Monday at 3 o'clock with Dr. Drew Colfax for the local coronavirus update here on KZYX. You've been listening to the local coronavirus update from KZYXMZ Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willatin Ukiah at 91.5 FM and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.